How are you feeling? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I feel great. Why? Oh, I'm just wondering. That was a deep sigh. That's all. Oh, no, no, no. <clears throat> this is, that was just a big, deep one. <laughs> Here's the real question. Have you guys seen the new Avengers trailer? I haven't. I have not. Is it good? Is it amazing? Take a moment. Let's take a moment, shall we? <laughs> take a breath. Let's take a deep breath and watch the new Avengers trailer. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll link it for you. Oh, I'm already there. I'm already watching it. All right. Well, I'm going to watch it again on this big screen. Brad, are you going to watch it? I am going to watch it. Infinity War, right? Yeah. I like all of these heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to watch all of them in a movie together. <laughs> I enjoy these heroes and I look forward to their adventures. <laughs> I mean, since we're talking about Marvel anyway. <laughs> Corey Cassoni, it's been such a long time and yet you have not lost your knack for the masterful transition. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Wait, are we on? Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> the way you said it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I mean, this. I guess we're back. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's talk about Chibi Sabolski. Why'd you call him Chibi? <laughs> Because I couldn't stop myself. Do we want to say welcome to Surviving Creativity? <laughs> yeah, we can, but then it's going to put Corey in the position of doing another transition. I, I mean, can we expect a twofer? No, you gotta you gotta do it like that was the cold open. Oh, now now the opening credits. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm with oh, you. I got you. So we'll do the jazz thing right here then. No, that let's get. I think it's time to retire the jazz <laughs> <No>. thing. <laughs> You mean, you mean the 10-minute intro? It wasn't If that. you're lucky. It's not It's not that long. You were, Dude, you were constantly stretching. Uh, anyway, so this, this is an episode, and this is and this is an episode, so get ready for Hi. And did I say I was Corey? And, and, and then, and then, and then uh, um, you realize the end's catching up, and you go, so yeah, so I mean, sometimes... I just feel like we're in pink. Oh, so I'm great, Judy. Sometimes I feel like I'm a man trapped in it. Man, it's surviving creativity. Creativity. <laughs> I disagree with your assessment of that, but let's get back on topic. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to Surviving Creativity. Hello, old friend. Hi, Brad. I was, t- oh my I was God. talking to the listener. I'm I'm Scott Kurtz. I'm Brad Geiger. I'm Corey Cassoni. Now back to Chibi, <laughs> right? Who last <laughs> night we who last night we agreed we weren't going to talk about. No, because <laughs> listen, because we need to talk about net neutrality. I still think that's more important 
and and we'll get to that in a minute but we can't not i mean this is going up this week so we can't not bring this up because it's happening right now and that's why i don't want to i don't want to spend too much time on it because there's a lot of information still coming out and a lot of timelines still trying to line up but the the gist of it is marvel comics has a new eic a new editor-in-chief uh and it's a gentleman named cv sabolsky who until recently was a I don't really know what CB's job was. He was like a foreign talent scout. Lived in Shanghai and his job was to find and interview people to come work for Marvel basically. I, and that's I think that's what it is and again like I don't this is why I didn't want to spend too much time on it cuz I don't have all the information but he was made EIC and at some point during the vetting process uh it came out and now is out publicly that in what 2000 four or five he was writing under a pseudonym of akira yoshida (laughs) and cb is a very white dude and akira yoshida was very not it wasn't just a pseudonym and i think this is where it goes off the rails this is where it's really fucking weird Yeah. yeah there's a whole backstory for this individual that was given to comic book resources, I think, with it because Yoshida was sort of a, you know, like an up and coming in the Marvel world. They were writing a bunch of books and people were excited about it, but nobody had any idea who this person was. And they got a little bit of information at one point. And it's like this backstory of this character's life. So CB gave this pseudonym, this backstory. And what I'm trying to, to figure out is how much of it actually lines up with CB's life because um, Sobolski, I, I believe spent a lot of time overseas in Southeast Asia and Japan and China. So like, I don't know if, uh, Sobolski, I know, his, I know one part of it story. that didn't line up with his life. Please tell me he's not <laughs> fucking not, Japanese. Not <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong there, brother. And this is, that's that. And therein lies the problem, right? Is it's like, it's, it's. People talk a lot about cultural appropriation and trying to like, you know, how do we define this and, you know, where do, where does it stop and that kind of thing. And I think this is a pretty... It's not even cultural appropriation that bothers me about it. Okay. Because I don't think it had anything to do with cultural appropriation. Debatable, but I don't know enough about it. We can talk about that later. Keep going. I think that... He could have picked any, I I think the problem was that he was an editor or working and there's a rule at Marvel. Yeah. uh, That says editors can't write. Well, and that's. So rather than, rather than change that rule, (laughs) that arbitrary rule. Right. They made a new rule where it was okay for them to impersonate a Japanese man (laughs) and promote his hiring as some kind of awesome champion uh, of diversity move. And. Give him a whole fake backstory and just let CB pretend to be an up and coming Japanese writer that Marvel was. Yeah. That's the part I don't know. Did Marvel not know? Well, and this is or why this is, why in wanna, on it. this is why I want to talk about it next week, because I don't have all the information yet. And it's yeah. still it's still coming out. We don't we're still not 100 percent sure if if because he wasn't editor at the time. Uh, or an assistant editor when he did this. So we don't know if Marvel knew. We don't know if his bosses knew. We don't know if the people who hired Yoshida knew. We also don't, there's also some stories about people at Marvel who like didn't know who Yoshida was. And then there was some 
there were some some journalists asking questions and then a uh and this is where it gets grossly bad there was like a translator that came to the offices <laughs> to hang out for some reason and everyone just assumed that this was akira not Yoshida. only assumed if i no if that's what i've read again i don't have all the information if, so it's if uh, we're, i gotta wait till next week so i can collect it all if we're reading the same thing supposedly the story was that not only did, they, did he come to the offices somebody had lunch with him and then came back uh with stories <laughs> That uh, how nice it was to meet uh, Akira Yoshida, uh, which I it, it is again weird on a on a huge scale that you could have an entire lunch with somebody and not come to the conclusion that you're not talking to the person that you're not talking to. I mean, so I'm not making excuses for anybody. Yoshida is a very common name, <laughs> so if this guy just showed <laughs> up. And his name's his name's Yoshida-san, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Yoshida-san." And everyone in the office just went, "Oh shit, we're finally meeting this person." Like I could see that happening like that. But the thing that bothers me the most is that there are a lot of Asian writers who could have used that spot and to give it to uh, a white man posing as an yeah. posing as an Asian guy is really pissy. And also, why didn't he make his pseudonym Jans Whiteman? Like, why did he have to be Japan, Japanese? How Do we know how old he was when this went down? I don't know. He was old enough uh, years old. <laughs> no, I, and I understand that. But, and I'm not, again, I'm not making any excuses, but I feel like every kid goes through a period of time where they try to adopt someone else's culture. Do you remember really? when the movie, remember the movie Braveheart came out and everybody was Scottish for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, but that's I, hilarious. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know that I wish I was Scottish right now because I'm super into Outlander with my wife, but that doesn't mean I'm changing my name to well, and again, McMasters. And, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Not a kilt. Right. Uh, I mean, I know that when I come out of a James Bond, I know that when I came out of Days of Thunders, I... I drove home real fast. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't sign up to join NASCAR. Well, and that's, and that's, and that's just it, right? Like that's where, and it's not even that you would sign up to join NASCAR. It's that you would start telling people that you drove for right. NASCAR. That's, that's where, that's where it breaks off. But listen, we'll get to this. I think we'll get to this next week, but I think I, I'm, I'm start. I'm trying to line up a guest for us. that could help us next week, work our way through this as, as three cis white guys. I think we could bring a little perspective into this conversation, uh, which is also why I feel like we can't talk about it right now too much. Um, I think it's safe for us to say, Hey, cis white guys as a cis white guy, don't pretend to be a Japanese dude. Don't pretend to be a Japanese person or really, or really any other culture. Yeah. That. <laughs> I've never considered myself particularly big on social graces or even very good at at social settings. And yet somehow <laughs> I've made it almost 47 years, never masturbated in front of a woman, <laughs> never pretended to be a Japanese dude. I don't know how I avoided it. My theory is this. You didn't give yourself a Japanese name and you kept your dick in your pants. So oh. that, those are the two. That's how you stop that from happening. I don't know. I, I, see. I studied this. This is uh, oh, okay. No neutrality <laughs> <laughs> on the top. 
Now that we're talking about keeping it in your pants. Um, <laughs> here's how I would like to approach this topic. No, Go I was going to say, since we're talking about keeping it in our pants, let's talk about uh, the, the one thing that everybody's rallying around net neutrality over, and that is it's going to screw up your porn. I, here's how I want to come at it. Let's come, you come at it from porn. I'll come at it from, I think everybody that listens to this is for net neutrality and is against what is going down. To me, the biggest thing that I hear is people going, I don't know how to explain it to somebody who doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. And I'll come at it from the direction that maybe it's a good thing. Uh, What? Are you just playing devil's advocate on this one? I... No, I actually have an approach to this. Oh, God. Here we go. I just realized we didn't, we didn't explain what net neutrality was. <laughs> we just assumed that our audience knew, and they probably do. Oh, we've, but before, a million yeah. times before. We no, did. but to sum it up, essentially, the way the, the, way the internet works right now is uh, there are big servers in places that hold all of the stuff that you look at online. And then there are people in between those places in your house called ISPs or internet service providers. And they, they make sure that you can get connected to that information whenever you feel like it. And net neutrality essentially means that the internet service providers or the companies that own or run the the pipes, essentially, that run the information from those server banks to you don't have any control on what you can access in those banks and and how you access them. So nobody there can say, you can't view this page or this is going to come at you slower or you have to pay extra for this. So imagine imagine cable television. Yeah, for the internet, right? And now, if you'll you'll get a a little flyer that says you should sign up for our social media package. If you pay four ninety nine a month, you can mm-hmm. have Twitter. Yeah, that's the place where we're at right now. That's the that's the concern, and the reason why we're bringing it up right now is because uh, Ajit Pai, who's he is an attorney that is currently serving as chairman of the FCC, that came in and tried to be real hip. And the first thing he wants to do is dismantle a bunch of productions put in. Um, not uh, a lot of people like to say these are net neutrality protections uh, put in by the Obama administration, but a lot of it was put in uh, like night in early nineties or like mid nineties. So like they're talking about taking it all the way back to when the interwebs first started and there were not a lot of controls over how this stuff goes down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where we're sitting right now. And there's about three weeks right now for us to kind of make our voices heard, which is why we're we're wanting to talk about this. Uh, Should we start with porn? Uh, Well, sure. I mean, uh, listen, this is (laughs) this is this is very simple. Uh, So it it, it goes into the wolf guarding the hen house thing. What's going to happen is the one thing that has been a constant since the very first days of the Internet is that people used it for pornography. And it was a it was a very efficient way to distribute, especially when distribution in the real world was a little bit more difficult. Right. You had to go into the 7-Eleven. They kept the Playboys behind the counter. It was a big deal. So uh, immediately the Internet, as the Avenue Q song goes the internet is for porn and this was a good thing in fact you can go back and see that a lot of the good things that happen a lot of the uh, technological advancements uh, happened around porn uh, as ways to get porn into your hands or into your hand uh, more quickly and more efficiently this is all to say that 
porn is very popular on the web. And what do you do with a popular thing, but you monetize it? And the first thing that cable companies are going to do once they uh, diminish net neutrality is get you to do something you haven't done for well over 20 years, pay for your porn. That's, That's the, the first concern. thing they do. Yeah. So in, in preparation for this, I'm, I met with a guy um, who's a buddy of mine and we went and had beers and he works in the, in the tech industry. And I wanted to kind of pick his brain about it a little bit uh, over the course of the conversation. And, and uh, he, he laid it out to me in a very interesting way to support Brad's porn thing. And I don't know if he was being facetious or not, but I think he was being serious. He said 49.5% of the internet mm -hmm. is used for porn. 49.5% of the internet is used for, for BitTorrent or some sort of peer-to-peer -peer or multi-peer moving images or video or stuff around. And 1% of the internet is to use to search for those <laughs> other two things. So if, you, if, we have, if we get rid of net neutrality, one of those three things is going to mm -hmm. be heavily affected. Uh, which, okay. is, which is super bad for everybody across the board. Hmm. Okay, and see now I got to hear this now because I want to know where you're coming from because you keep thinking like this isn't a bad thing. You of all people. Well, by the end of this, you're going to think I'm either an idiot or brilliant. It's going to be one of the two. It's nice to have a dissenting opinion. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, no, you're wrong. I, I <laughs> probably is just a safe bet all around uh, to always say that to me. Okay, so I don't think abolishing net neutrality is a good solution to any problem, but it doesn't change the fact that there are problems with the internet. And the biggest being that the internet now has changed so much compared to what it was when uh, even five years ago. Here's a good example. My dad called me to tell me that AT&T, who has been providing his cable and internet for years now, uh, someone came to his door and said he had to switch to DirecTV. He couldn't be on AT&T cable anymore. And that either he got to go up on the roof and put DirecTV up or mm. he lost his cable. And I immediately thought my dad was being taken advantage of by yeah. some shyster. But no, it's true. AT&T bought DirecTV. One of the reasons being was that AT&T, when it set up its internet service, the internet was different, and it could carry both the internet signal and the cable signals over the same cable. But now that everyone streams Netflix constantly, and everyone streams everything constantly, there's not enough bandwidth. Right. So they need to move the TV part to something else. So they bought DirecTV. So now if you're an AT&T customer, whether you like it or not, at some point your cable TV is going to become satellite TV because not enough people are watching TV because they're mm. all watching Netflix and Hulu and streaming services and they need the bandwidth or they won't be able to support those customers because they don't have the infrastructure. So I think there are real problems when it comes to how the internet is changing, how we're using the internet is changing, and that when you look at the internet that allowed 
for, you know, just from a personal point of view, PvP to happen because it was this level playing field. The fact of the matter is, yes, as far as a level playing field, PvP gets as much access as Netflix. But if you look at it from the ISP's perspective, Netflix is 30 to 50% of all their traffic and PvP doesn't register. So they're not the same, right? Now that Netflix exists, because of net neutrality, you can have this huge problem for an ISP. And I think that if you... If it was still mom and pop ISPs and it was some local guy running a a local internet service provider and suddenly he can't service his customers anymore because Netflix exists. I mean, something's got to change, don't you think? Maybe. It's interesting because this this is actually in arguments against net neutrality, one of the ones that holds up a little bit. Google actually took the stand for a while. The idea is this. So... You though similar data types shouldn't be discriminated against, it's okay to discriminate across different data types. The idea being that if all so web you're talking about web comics versus video streaming, right? So the idea would be like all web comics get the same traffic, you know, and are and are treated the same way, and all video gets the same traffic and is treated the same way. So to me, it, I always didn't like this argument because it's it's a very separate but equal argument, which we've heard about other political things in America in the past. And it never quite shakes out. The reason why is because the people who have to maintain the equality are big businesses who want to make a lot of money. So I feel like you could get away with something like that, if, but you're still going to need government regulation. Like you're still going to need somebody to make sure that these companies who control uh, and and measure the uh, the data are following the rules by making them title two, which is the idea to, to rec- reclassify broadband as a, as a common carrier, like as a telecommunication, like a mm-hmm. like phone or whatever they have to make, they have to follow the rules of, of title two basically um, by, uh, and I don't think they currently are, but by getting rid of all of that uh, and, and all the current uh, protections and policies that are in place, you, we're going to let them run ram shop. Mm-hmm. They can do anything. This is where I wish we had a, a guest that was an expert on, because the fact of the matter is, if you look at the way things are going, it was video games used to be, you went and bought a cartridge or a CD, and then it was, well, you don't have to buy the CD anymore. You can actually just download the file. Right. And now it's, don't even download it, just stream the game. You don't even have to download the file yeah. to your computer to run it, just play it in the air. Right. And so while I understand that I don't want an ISP telling me, oh, you want to use Twitter? Well, great. Here's our Twitter package. And of course, as always, it's going to get aimed. The cost is going to get aimed at the poor people and not at the corporations that have all the money. But like when Brad says, I'm supporting a family of four on my webcomic, net neutrality is important to me. It feels different to me in my heart than Netflix going, well, I have a billion dollar company and I don't, I don't want to have to pay extra because we're eating mm. up the entire internet. What, which is something that actually happens. Yeah, it is what actually happened. Yeah, Comcast, in violation of net neutrality, Comcast throttled Netflix secretly and Netflix 
paid them money and then it all was fine again. Here's the real problem with doing away with any kind of protections like that is, you know, you've got service providers who are going to go after companies, big ones, and charge them ridiculous amounts of money. And then that's going to that's going to pass back to the users, the end user. Netflix I is going to charge that. us more money. And then, then yep. they're going to double dip because then the service provider on the other side is going to say, they're paying us some of what we need to maintain this traffic, but really, you need to pay but the But Corey, price. something's got to give because Netflix can't just pretend. Can't pretend what? Can't pretend they're just these sweet little guys on the internet, just Comcast going to Netflix and saying, hey man, you got to pay us extra if you want to eat up all of our stuff is not the same as going after Brad because... He wants to use Twitter. It's just not the same. Well, I'm not saying that neutrality to, is the but what's answer. what's to stop them from going after Brad? Like after they've gone after all the big companies, no, I, what's to I stop them from that. going after? And this, <laughs> no, 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 take a breath because it's not, it's not a matter of morality or of it being okay, but it doesn't. And again, I'm not saying net neutrality is the answer, but what I'm, what I am saying is that it's stupid people's in power's response to a real problem. I mean, there's a real problem happening. Here's my only problem with that. And that is a, a, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but uh, quarterly in income for Comcast uh, Q3, uh, Q3, 2017, $20.98 billion. All right. Uh, uh, Comcast is a Philadelphia company. Uh, in fact, when you were here a couple of weeks ago, you probably saw them building their second skyscraper in the city. And uh, I don't have a a a, a rock hard uh, 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 grasp on this, but I do know that they don't pay an awful lot of taxes. They use uh, some Delaware uh, uh, companies that uh, allows them to skirt Pennsylvania taxes. So a lot of that money isn't going back into our local uh, uh, system for roads and schools. And uh, the Comcast CEO is worth $1.7 billion. He makes a total compensation of $40.8 million last year. I have a real hard time feeling bad for these guys. Uh, I, you know what I'm saying? It's not a matter of whether you feel bad for them or not, Brad. That's the system we live in. You live in a capitalistic system. Take money out of the situation. Just take infrastructure. You can't say this road is for everybody and then have a company go, oh, really? The road's for everyone? Awesome. We're one of everybody. And then they gum it up with 18 wheelers to where no one can use it. And that's a terrible metaphor. But what I'm saying is there's got to be some kind of reexamination of what's happening on the net. Because when Facebook tries to pretend it's not a media company, mm. elections get toppled. You know, like, right. Well, okay. I'll use that. I'll use that actually as, as, as an example. So Comcast cable, we'll just keep talking about them because most people are probably going to be with Comcast. They have like 22% of the market share, if not more, uh, in the country. And that's, that's another big issue is some very large companies have essentially carved up America and made it so that you only have one option. They're creating tiny monopolies mm -hmm. all over the country. But they're not quite violating the law because, you know, Comcast can go, well, there's other companies that provide ISP, but not in my area. They've made it so that I can't get there. Basically, these six companies have figured out a way to, like, carve up the country and, and avoid each other's territory so that they can control the, the price and the speed and everything. 
back to this election thing, let's say Comcast decides that they don't like a candidate who's coming up. If you do away with all protections, they can just start blocking every ad article. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, you won't even see it. Like you won't even know, know. it's blocked. It'll just, anything that supports a candidate will just go away. Um, they could well, also, but that scares me now. That scares me now because there's no way to know what anybody's doing now anyway. Yeah. Which is why if anything, we need more protections from the FCC about this stuff. There needs to be more regulation. Look what happens when we deregulated the banks. No, I listen. The economy crashed and then we had to bail them out to the tune of three. I agree. Billion. I'm not saying that abolishing net neutrality is the right answer to this problem. I just feel kind of helpless in it. And I know that it's very important to get active and contact your senators and that we're all try trying to do that. And, but when it comes down to it, I feel like there's not a whole lot we can do, you know, to stop it. Well, and this is an interesting problem that, that we're having in America right now. Several studies now have shown that uh, the voice of the individual is having less and less effect on actual mm -hmm. seeable politics. But they didn't, they're not 100% sure why, because a great number of voices like a corporation, for instance, or a 501c3, so like a whole bunch of people can have an effect on policy. But they're saying like an individual is having more and more trouble in America having, having an effect on policy. Using the web, for instance, you can get a whole bunch of people into a single voice to voice their concern. And that's what people are doing right now. So yeah. it's about calling the FCC and uh, essentially and leaving a message. And here's why this is important. First of all, Pi has said before they even opened the comment lines that the comments were not going to sway his opinion on this. So we already have uh, the FCC <laughs> chair saying, right. what you say doesn't matter to me before yeah. they even, before they even open for comment. But yeah, that individual is not going to be the FCC chair forever. And yeah. this stuff stays on record for a very long time. So to everyone that feels the way that you feel right now, Scott, where you're saying like, my voice is, is irrelevant. I don't know what to do. You might feel small, but it's your voice plus millions of other voices calling and leaving a message that has a, a, a real, just a humongous effect over time. And the reason why is because of the reason why with everything, these guys want to get reelected. The FCC might gut some rulings now, but it's still going to have to come to legislation. And when it comes to legislation, if senators and congressmen and, and women are getting their phone lines flooded with people saying, please don't take away my porn, then, <laughs> then, then they'll listen because they watch porn too. Oh, so you've got two Democrats, two Republican, and then the chair. And they've got, it's a five person vote. So right. you got to believe that uh, the Democrats are going to vote to keep net neutrality. Uh, at least that's, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. Sure, they're going to vote for Pay it. is going to vote against it. Right. The three, the three big companies, yeah, the three big companies behind it are Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T for abolishing it. And they're all, they're all putting a ridiculous amount of uh, money, uh, lobbying money, dark and otherwise, into these two guys that are on the FCC chair right now that are on the Republican side. So you know how they're going to vote. And for whatever reason, Chairman Pai has already said how, first of all, can we just say that he sounds like a Star Wars villain? <laughs> Chairman, Chairman Pai. Yeah, right? Like, it's not just me, is it? No. 
Doesn't he sound like an episode one Star Wars bad guy with his giant, yeah, with his giant uh, fucking Reese's cup? This actually, I think this actually was the plot to episode one. <laughs> it was. They were trying to throttle the net. I have been reading that one of the commissioners, and I and I, a, a, one of the Republican commissioners is starting to sway a little bit, or at least has made those kind of announcements. All of which to say, uh, Scott, you're saying you don't feel like your voice is heard and stuff like that. And 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 I feel the same way a lot of times, but you can't let that defeat you. You've got to still make that call to your senator. I've got a senator here in Philadelphia. I've called more calls into my senator in the last uh, year or so than I ever have. And I know he's not listening to me. But I- no, listen, I we we've all made. I've made the call too. I've done what I can. What I want to do, especially when it comes to this podcast, is try to assuade the fears. If you're, okay, so let's say you're someone listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. okay? It's been a crazy year because within one year. A couple years. 16 well, yeah, it's been a crazy couple years. 17 were rough. Yeah, but look, look at 17 right now. Here's what we're facing, okay? Mm-hmm. You're you're a cartoonist or you're a creative person trying to make a living as a um, self-employed creative individual. The Republicans are trying to get rid of your health care, right? Mm-hmm. The Republicans are trying to get rid of all your tax deductions. Oh, that one's gonna, up today or tomorrow, isn't it? We're going to talk about that because that would yeah, get... And, you're, and, the Republicans, and the Republicans are trying to abolish your ability to have a level playing field on the internet. It's... A little scary. It's a little scary. A little bit. But um, art and creative fields existed prior to all of this. They'll continue to exist. And you might ha- I think people might have to pivot. For example, let's say as a company, Corey, mm. let's say net neutrality is abolished. Mm. And our internet traffic goes to shit. My tummy hurts. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm listening. Wouldn't we just pivot our our, our business more to publishing? <laughs> just vomit. I got it. Though no, I'm okay. The print publishing, <laughs> like in I guess. Like, like in comic shops. Not necessarily. No, in, we, well, we uh, already published. I'm being. The hyperbolic. We already publish in comic shops and in yeah, bookstores. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's certainly true. That everyone, we would have to. Well, everyone would have to. Actually, we wouldn't have a choice. I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of that two a.m. thinking too. Uh, and and to mm. be honest with you, when Scott originally said, "I'm going to say why this isn't such a bad thing," uh, I thought he was going to take. Uh, the attitude that I've kind of taken on this with three Republicans on, on the FCC, I, it, it, you know, we, it, we, we, we got to put up a good fight, but it's not going to be a surprise the way the vote may end up going if it goes that way. Exactly. So let's, let's take that as red. Now, here's what I want to say. So let's say they take the Internet superhighway and they have a fast speed lane and a low speed lane and stuff like that. As a consumer, I'm going to hate that. As a creator, as p- particularly as a webcomics creator, I, I, I'm taking a much more pragmatic point of view. And that is, number one, okay, so my uh, site gets relegated to the slow lane. 
Well, then it means it's back to making sure that I keep my image file size down, stuff like that, because at the end of the day, web comics don't take up a lot of bandwidth. I can survive perfectly well in the slow lane of the internet until, highway until they decide to block all of your content it, 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 in certain in certain regions perhaps for instance no, but, but uh, they, uh, why would they Look, it's bad it's it, it's bad it's not going to be why good. why we would they do that? that no i don't i don't want them to do that but here's it why would they block specifically mine well okay i'll give you an example and we'll go back to the publishing market for mm -hmm. this when i was at Oni press for a long time um before we had before they had the new logo I still say we when I talk. It's been five years. I still say we when I talk. I feel I feel an affinity to those <laughs> guys and gals up there. They're doing good work. So uh, the previous, uh, the old Oni Press logo was a was, was a Hana mask. It was like a like a Japanese Oni, all right, a demon with horns. Mm -hmm. And we had trouble selling into uh, libraries in the South because there was a devil on the side of our books. Right. So. Now break that. So, so we had regional issues because of the way, because of some of our content, not even our content, just because of the logo. Right. Mm -hmm. So now put yourself in a position where, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of big companies running uh, everything. That's absolutely true. But the, the other is like 30% of, of America is still like AOL and stuff or like local internet service providers. So now you get into a small community that has some kind of, you know, moral or ethical whatever, mm -hmm. and they decide that, Brad, your content, because it has the word evil right. in the title, cannot be shown in that area. So they'll just straight up block you. And they can even do blocking like word chains. They could just search for a word and just make it so that that piece of internet they can turn the internet into an intranet essentially for their county even like you could get really specific and you know often when you bring that stuff up people like to say oh well that's you know a comp they, they wouldn't do that or that's um fear mongering or whatever mm -hmm. except that we have a lot of examples of it already because prior to 2015, every one of these companies was doing this. All of them. Mm -hmm. they, they're all they they're all guilty of it. Uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, uh, yeah, 2012, AT&T uh, disabled FaceTime video calling on iPhones unless they subscribe to a more expensive voice and text plan. So that's yeah. a, that's a perfect example of like like what you were saying, Scott. Well, we have to. I mean, this is eating up our cell towers so we have to charge more for this right that was that was literally what their theory was on that uh in 2012 the fcc caught verizon blocking people from using tethering applications on their phone verizon basically went to google and said you need to remove these tethering applications from the android marketplace because they allow users to circumvent our 20 dollars a month tethering mm -hmm. fee Again, we want they wanted to charge people more for that. And Google, of course, wouldn't. So then Verizon just blocked those applications. They just stopped them from doing stuff in direct violation of a pledge that they had made. Because before we had net neutrality as it exists now, companies were what the FCC asked companies to do was to make a pledge. <laughs> to say to hold up their right hand and cross their heart and swear to die and say well we promise we won't do any look, bad stuff i understand and again 
it's one of those things where I'm trying to hold more than one thought in my brain at the mm-hmm. same time. No, I understand. And I understand that these companies are not hurting. I understand no one at Comcast is hurting I, for money. I think we should get out of that mindset across the but the problem all the things we talk about. But, but the problem is, is the technology mm-hmm. is changing faster than the law. Right. And the technology is changing faster than the policy. Absolutely. And the corporate policy. And the technology is changing faster than the infrastructure. Sure. So when, when Steve Jobs decides, well, he's dead. So when Apple decides the only way to sell a new phone. <laughs> is to let everybody stream their fucking face when they make a phone call. (laughs) Then they just put it out there, and now that creates a real problem for the ISPs. And then, you know, the thing is, like, it's just so funny to me that no one stops and goes, you know, my phone's really not reliable anymore. I wonder why. My (laughs) phones are so, my phone is so bad. Well, I mean, that's a whole other issue. I know, but maybe it's because, and again, I don't, I'm not an expert, but what I'm saying is they never, no one ever stops to consider, I wonder if it's because everyone's using this cell signal to watch um, the latest season of Longmire, and now I can't make a fucking call. I mean, okay, first of all, not that many people are watching Longmire, <laughs> so. Well, they should be. It's a great show. But. No, I what see. What I'm saying is there's more to it. Just, I, I want people to start, I, look, I, I 100% can agree that abolishing net neutrality is a bad idea, and I can still believe that there are problems that exist within our current system. I agree, I, but I don't but, think... But I don't something's got to change. But I don't think rolling back regulation is going uh, to stop No, that. if anything, it needs more regulation. And if we made, if we made the internet... Um, uh, what, were we, what were you saying? A class two or a, a title two? I, I a title two. Then, then people would be paying taxes to support it, right? Here's another reason why abolishing net neutrality would be good. Okay. I need to stop using Twitter. It's not making my life better. <laughs> well, I've had that thought, but it's there. It's always been there. Now, listen, and you're gonna. I'm gonna Go. rant a second, and and. And, and everyone can send me fucking Twitters and emails, and I don't give a shit. But here's the thing. We're all spending way too much fucking time on the internet, and it's not making our goddamn society any better. So maybe if Comcast wanted to charge you five bucks a month to be an asshole on the internet, you wouldn't pay it, and we'd have less assholes on the internet. Maybe stepping backwards a little bit would improve society. I'm just saying, maybe it's not so bad. If we lose a little bit of access to this, I, <laughs> do not quote me on that. That was totally in tongue well, no, but, but there's a but, little bit of truth to that because I've had the same thought in that if I had to pay for Twitter, if I had to pay for Facebook, would I really, would I wouldn't. I really do it? No. And, no. I, and I think what would happen is a, we would start making decisions about what's important to us. And Twitter and Facebook, not yeah, so I much. Read more. But, based on, <laughs> yes. but based on what? But but no, but based on what? What, how do, what do you okay. mean based on what? Based on now I'm paying $5 now, a month for Facebook, I'm off Facebook. No, I understand that. But what do you, but to explain to me what you're, you'd say, well, maybe I'll make some decisions based on other things, but on what other things? Because societally, we don't meet around the water cooler and hold conversations anymore about what we read in the paper that showed up on our doorstep this morning. Yeah. We're now, we're now. And why is that? Assuming because we have a water Facebook. cooler to meet around. Yeah, and then we're holding conversations about that. The social currency of today is now 
Instagram and Facebook and and Twitter, and it's getting to be well, that's, more. It, but 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 Corey, you're you're. I'm not saying you're, that's a good or bad thing. No, but Corey, you don't realize it, but you're you're defending our point. Yeah, because if we're getting too much of our news from Facebook, it, look what it cost us a, an election. I, I don't I don't disagree, but there, and it's but all bullshit. But there's nothing else there. So what right have we now. done before? This? And if we get rid of. If we get rid of net neutrality, it's gonna, it's only gonna get worse because then the uh, companies can regulate what we well, see. Well, no, I, I agree with this. We're seeing bullshit now. Do you know how many times Don Knotts died this year, and he's been dead for thirty? <laughs> I mean that there, there's a whole listen. There's a whole another level of conversation here that I feel like has nothing to do with net neutrality because. That's I mean that's already that's already a problem. Let me let, well let me just <laughs> in, in let me just opinion. say this about that just as we're kind of capping this off uh, because again I mm. I am I I'm desperate to see net neutrality stay. I I, I am much more I am much yeah, more comfortable as a what do you mean here too? You just spent an hour arguing what do you against mean? it. <laughs> I'm not arguing against it. I'm not arguing against net neutrality. I want net neutrality to stay. My whole business is predicated on net neutrality staying. All I'm saying is that I can want net neutrality to stay and still understand that there's some real problems that need to be addressed. And also maybe the world would be a little bit better if everyone off got off the goddamn internet. <laughs> but here's 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 what I wanted to here's a thought I wanted to leave you with. Having said that, having Here, having said that I, yeah. I I and I encourage you, honest to goodness, if and and if you've never done it before, call your senator, call, you know, make a a, a time to put a message into the FCC, if nothing else, you will feel as if you've done something. And that's I, the first time I called my senator. Uh, I knew I didn't change this person's mind, but it felt good to do something. Now, having said that, let's again, if they uh, abolish it, it's not going to be a huge surprise. Uh, so I want to say this when ads, ad blockers started throttling my site, and I realized that was happening in 2014. I really did think that was the end, capital T, capital E. And then I, I, it kind of forced me to reevaluate, to do some changes, to uh, get creative in my approach. And today I'm doing better than I ever did with ads. All right. If net neutrality goes, it, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It means it's the beginning of a new thing that we're going to have to get creative and and work on and, and find new solutions for. I am much more comfortable <laughs> staying the way it is. I got this uh, pretty well under control. I know what I'm doing. Uh, but if, if it goes away, it just means that we're going to have to start getting creative again. It's not the end. It, it just means that we got to roll up our sleeves. We're just going to have to find a way to be at peace with the apes that now rule. <laughs> I listen. I I think that I think that the, it's an it is an important point because a lot of people are stressed mm -hmm. out right now uh, that this too shall pass and there will be other stuff and it would look it'll be okay. But I want to make sure that just because that that is true that people don't get apathetic about that because. We, we're in a pretty good place right now and your calls are working. People are swaying. And, and even if the FCC does away with current regulation, then at some point there's going to have to be some legislation. 
And when it gets to where there's going to be legislation, what's going to be important, what's going to really matter are, you know, local elections mm-hmm. to begin with. I know that sounds crazy, but those are going to be very important because when when these guys can't do stuff on a federal level, local officials are going to start making decisions and it's going to suck. So local elections are important. Federal elections are important and yeah. phone calls and and writing letters like you. You it sounds crazy, but for the first time since I was a teenager, people have to, for lack of better terminology, rock the vote like you've got to get engaged in that <laughs> shit. No, for real. Think about it. Like, when's the... No, I did. I remember. Yeah, because when's the last time anybody encouraged anybody to go out and do anything? I have a lot of friends who I won't... A lot now. Who I won't name that during the last major federal election thought the whole fucking thing was a lark. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't give a shit. They voted third party. Philip, Jermaine, Denise, <laughs> I'll name them. They, they didn't. Denise, I'm particularly looking <laughs> at you, Denise. Care. They, they thought it was fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. They were ap- or apathetic mm-hmm. about it at best. And that's how we got to where we are now. So uh, though it's okay to understand that, you know, we will adapt. We'll figure out new things to do. That's what this show is about. And that's how we've all made our careers. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't make a call doesn't mean you shouldn't fight. And it doesn't mean that Scott, that your point's not correct, that something is going to have to change because, you know, infrastructure costs money. These companies spent a lot of money putting a lot of infrastructure in. No, something, something's going to change. And I think that abolishing net neutrality is just a bunch of bullshit. And it's just, it's just a big part of this donor relief marathon that's happening now with the Republican Congress. Like, you know, anything to help the donors the rich donors out look in the end know this your art is important your art will survive your art will make a difference and you know you started this because you're passionate about it and we've been through worse and we'll survive this you know your voice is more important than ever and it's sad that this podcast won't be reachable any longer (laughs) <laughs> because we'll be blocked because <laughs> we'll be blocked but it was good while it lasted and you could read a fucking book asshole read a book well i that's nice for you to leave with that i'm going to leave with battleforthenet.com where you mm. can enter some info and it'll automatically send a form letter for you you can also hit a button uh to find out where to contact all the people you need to contact it's got the locations of all the protests that are happening all over america on december 7th which is a great uh, opportunity to get involved it's also got a list of all the other websites where you can find information about who to call and where to call uh i will say that it's not going to be easy because the FCC has been dicking with their phone lines. The day that this that started, I had one of my very rare tweets about, you know, here's the number, go make a call. And immediately a bunch of people told me that the line was now disconnected and I had to go find another number. So, you know, they're actively trying to make this difficult, but it doesn't mean that the call is not important. And it just takes a couple of minutes to make a phone call. And if you're not sure what to say, Hit Battle for the Net. They've got some good scripts. Anyway, if you want to call the FCC directly, the number is 202-418-1000. That's where you can leave a comment. That's 202-418-1000. So call that number and just say, I want to maintain net neutrality as it stands. And please don't take my porn away.
I don't know, maybe maybe don't maybe don't maybe don't say that last part, but <laughs> save the web, please. <laughs> is there anything else we have? Are, you're not still recording. I am. Are you? Yeah, I catch all this shit. Oh. Uh, is there anything we have to say about anything else that we have to say about net neutrality? Probably not. I was glad that you put in the the ways that people could get involved. Uh, I don't know whether you saw my note or not, yeah. but that, that, that's exactly where I wanted I you did, to go. I did, yeah. Well, we have we have some time. People need to make yeah. some calls. The FCC is probably going to chuck out at least the stuff that happened in 2015 w- when the FCC decided that they were going to give... The, I don't think they made it a Title, II corp, uh, a Title II, but they gave it all the considerations of a Title II. So it might not... The internet's not a public utility, but it's but it's treated similarly. I think that's the thing they're getting rid of right now, for sure. And then some of the other stuff yeah. as well. They just want to get they just want to get rid of all of it. But yeah, the December seventh across the U.S., people are protesting outside Verizon and AT and T stores. And there's a map of yeah. I was just happen. looking at that on that uh, site, along with calling your representatives. I've showed up to a few mm-hmm. protests, and that mm-hmm. feels good too. I, that, in other words. Those are two things that I've actually seen have positive outcomes, positive effects, is calling and showing up, lending your body to a gathering of people uh, is is a powerful thing. And you can't underestimate it. And I've showed up to a few protests and and it feels good. And that's the thing, right, is it's like getting involved feels good um, and people see it and it's again it goes back to these you know studies show that as an individual your voice isn't very powerful but as a as a group your voice becomes very powerful so when people protest it gets seen unless there's no net neutrality because then (laughs) they can control what you see (laughs) that's all (laughs) surviving creativity we're back (laughs) cue the jazz Welcome back, everybody. I'm Corey Cassoni. On behalf of myself and my co-hosts, Scott Kurtz and Brad Geiger, thank you so much for joining us for the return of Surviving Creativity. Now listen, if you like what you heard, please consider becoming a patron. This show's made possible by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and consider becoming a patron. Thank you again for joining us. and We'll see you next week on another episode of Surviving Creativity. <laughs>